Good afternoon, good morning. Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. Want to welcome you back to another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we've talked to leading brands about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Kendall Ware. He is the Chief Brand Officer for Cinnabon, uh, which serves fresh, uh, aromic, oven hot cinnamon rolls and a variety of other uh, wonderful baked goods and specialty beverages at, at about 1200 franchise locations worldwide. So Kendall, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about more, a little bit more about what you do at Cinnamon, maybe your history and Aiden? Uh, can be a fun fact. You like to scuba dive. You have 14 kids. Uh, <laughs> a fun fact is always yeah. good to know because we'd like to know people that we interview a little bit more on the personal level. Sure, sure. If I had 14 kids, I would not be here right now. That's for sure. Um, so my name is Kendall Ware. I lead Cinnabon, but I also lead Carvel. Uh, so I have the privilege of leading two of our most iconic and sweet brands in the portfolio. Um, so lots of lots of good, exciting things happening with both those brands and figuring out ways to really grow them together and what kind of menu can we unlock to just offer a different experience for our guests going forward. So a lot of exciting things in the pipeline, but you know, I joined Focus Brands back in December of 2020. Uh, and prior to that, I was president and COO of Orange Leaf Frozen Yogurt, as well as a few other smaller brands that we had in our portfolio there. Uh, my entire background leading up to that has been in franchising. So all franchise brands uh, coming up within the industry, uh, you know, first job busing tables, onto waiting tables, managing restaurants, uh, the, the whole, the whole um, you know, typical growth path within a restaurant. Uh, and then went on to start opening restaurants uh, in the field. And then I started learning there's this passion that I had developed uh, for growing people and growing businesses. And so I used franchising as that vehicle to accomplish that. Uh, and, and for me, it was important that I understood that franchising relationship. And so in my early 20s, I became a franchisee of a brand. Uh, and since then, I also invested in other franchise related concepts just to stay close to that action while I maintain my career as a franchisor. Uh, but for, for me, it's very important to understand both sides of that relationship uh, to help push brands forward. Absolutely. That's, that's a great, uh, great uh, perspective to be able to understand it from the franchisee and the franchisor perspective. Uh, so uh, very unique there. Absolutely. And in terms of fun fact, um, I do have kids, but not 14. I have two kids under two. Uh, and I guess a fun fact I'd share is um, I actually made it a point to visit all 50 states before I turned 30 a few years ago. And I accomplished that. Um, so that was that was on my bucket list, got that done. And since then, I've been Growing a family, uh, my my daughter's two years old and my son is now one. That's awesome! Congratulations on that. It's a fun age for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, when you look at uh, Cinnamon and uh, Carvel, uh, for those who may not be familiar, would love to know a little bit more about both the brands. You know all that you offer, and uh, you know kind of the, the the plans for both brands going forward. Sure, absolutely. So Cinnabon's been around for thirty five years now. Uh, you know, started off uh, with a father-son duo who set out to uh, create the world's best cinnamon roll, and they accomplished that. And the facts and, and the business has proven it. Um, and what's very unique about the Cinnabon brand is, of course, we're known for our cinnamon rolls. We have so many different varieties of that same high-quality roll, as well as the baked goods you mentioned and some other beverages, um, and, and even coffee like cold brew and different flavors of cold brew that we're really starting to expand upon. Uh, but the brand's been around for 35 years, been operating very well, uh, has been growing very well over the years. And even though the pandemic hit everybody very hard, it still was a sustainable business. And, and year over year, looking at the entire uh, business of Cinnabon, we were still up 25%, uh, which is a very good sign. And if you shift over to, to Carvel, Carvel um, was one of our better performing brands in the portfolio when it came to the pandemic, which is very impressive. 
because uh, people still wanted that comfort food of ice cream. Uh, they've been serving, you know, soft serve ice cream uh, for almost 90 years now. Uh, and in fact, we're, we're the, the founder, founders of soft serve um, from Tom Carvel back in the 1930s. And so there's a lot of history with, with uh, both brands. Um, but, you know, we both deliver high quality treat experiences. Um, and so, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to how we can grow them together. Uh, we co-brand today, but, you know, how can we un unlock different venue types and potentially even go street side in the future uh, to be able to, you know, offer more access to both of those brands and, and leverage the, the qualities and the iconic nature of both, including their, their you know, uh, unique menus. And how do we start to merge some of that together to create a different experience? Um, so, so a lot of planning going on right now to figure out what, what makes sense for that, that kind of a concept. And also we want to understand more from our guests of what makes sense in their eyes. Okay, great. And when you look at uh, the recently launched uh, Cinnabon mobile app and Cinnabon rewards program, and I think you also kind of rolled out online delivery as well. Can you tell us about the app, the rewards program, uh, the features, the goals, uh, kind of the objectives of the program? Absolutely. So it's a long time coming for Cinnabon. Uh, and we're excited to finally launch this. Uh, it's a way for us to you know, interact with our guests in a different way and provide another access point. Um, so the, the app itself, I'll give some of the mechanics behind it. Uh, so the offer for the guests is 10 points earned for every dollar spent. Um, at that 250 uh, earnings of points, uh, that is when you can redeem that for one of our you know, famous classic roles, maybe our bond bites, our mini bond, whatever the guest uh, is feeling for that day. Um, but that, that's our way to, of course, really drive that loyalty factor for the guests that, that are, are true you know, fans of the brand already and, and, and obviously entice them to drive you know, more of their frequency in, in, our, in our bakeries. Um, along with that, everybody who downloads and signs up for the app right now, uh, they receive a, a free uh, bond bite offer uh, that they can redeem uh, whenever they like. Uh, but just, again, get people used to the app and see what the opportunities are and how they can interact with us. Um, but that's right now a, a big driver for us just to build on loyalty. But then the, the second part of that that you mentioned is online ordering. So this unlocks first party delivery for our franchisees and our guests uh, to now do everything from one source. Uh, so you can, you can log in and still build your rewards points while ordering for delivery or pickup straight through that app. Um, or, of course, come come visit us in any one of our locations uh, you know, that we have. So that's really the, the, the backbone to it uh, in terms of what we're going to offer initially. And, of course, we're going to expand upon that as time goes on to really start to talk with our guests differently and, and learn more about their behaviors, learn more about their purchases, what drives them in the business, um, how frequent and or infrequent they're coming um, just to help, you know, change our model and make sure that we are, um, you know, reaching out to the guests the way they want to be reached out to. Absolutely. Uh, getting that zero party data and making it actionable is, is a big uh, challenge, but it's a huge opportunity for a, a lot of brands, especially, uh, you know, kind of franchisee, having that distributed network. But it sounds like you're doing some uh, you know, unique things, targeted uh, approaches to help enable that, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that's unique about, you know, a lot of our locations being in the mall you know, we have uh, mall employees surrounding us who visit us every single day on their quick 15, 30 minute breaks, whatever it may be. And, and so we want to interact with them as well. How do we draw them into our loyalty app, uh, get them engaged and understand, you know, their their overall demand and, and needs and start to, you know, market to them a little bit differently. Uh, you know, maybe we go heavier up on you know, folks on how do we increase average check within than the mall? Uh, you know, can we drive more beverage incidents simply because we know those mall employees maybe want a quick dose of caffeine uh, and get one of our uh, dessert, you know, coffee, coffee beverages. Um, but, you know, we're going to learn more about that and figure out how to interact with them more. But also, again, the, for the main audience of our, our guests that are out there, how do we just drive that more frequency, uh, but also start to educate them with what all we truly have to offer beyond cinnamon rolls. 
Absolutely. And you launched the, the rewards app and uh, the app, sorry, and the rewards program at the same time. And some people kind of do that uh, kind of in a tiered approach or kind of a, you know, not necessarily uh, at the same point in time. You know, did the pandemic lead to some of these decisions or what was the kind of the reasoning for launching both at the same time? Yeah, the pandemic truly did. You know, we learned a lot as a brand going through that, just like every other brand out there did. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of tough situations um, and a lot of people were, were you know, fought through it, uh, but we also learned a lot through it. And, you know, Cinnabon had been performing so well for so long. Um, and we always focused on driving traffic back to the bakeries, you know, physically driving people in. Uh, and, and we started to dabble with third party delivery and started to get used to that. But the pandemic, you know, expedited everything for us. Um, so 3PD was the first trigger that we pulled to really jump into that digital world to start giving more access to our guests. Uh, but we learned that if we would have had that after the pandemic, things could have been a whole lot better. And we could have you know, really been there for our guests when they needed us the most. Um, and so that, that drove the decision to really speed up the process of going after rewards app, but also first party delivery. And instead of waiting and, and doing it in a slow rollout, we just want to be very strategic on when we launch this and made sure that it, it really you know, maximized the potential of the effort uh, and obviously the investment that's required. And so we wanted to make sure that it stood out, um, you know, in the sea of sameness of apps that are out there, we didn't want to just launch a loyalty app, right? We really wanted to have something that was more encompassing, that was really the start of how we're going to build a foundation of more digital capabilities and really start gathering that data we need to meet the guest demand. Absolutely. And uh, I think uh, on the 4th of October, you have the National Cinnamon Roll uh, Day coming. You know, uh, what right. do you have planned for that event? It seems to be a day for most everything, which is great. It was Daughter and Sunday this week. Um, so that, that's a good day as well. But that's National Cinnamon Roll Day. Big fan of cinnamon rolls. Uh, what do you guys have planned? Yeah, definitely excited for that. So it's going to be a week-long celebration on October 4th, uh, starting on October 4th. And, and from there, we're going to offer $0 delivery fees. Uh, for all orders that go through the app and or our website. And you don't have to be a member to do that. Obviously, we prefer to get more people into that funnel and really start to become a part of our brand from a membership standpoint. Uh, but it'll be zero dollar delivery fee to start building that network and that overall, um, you know, understanding of what we have to offer now. Uh, but also we're going to be offering double uh, rewards for the guests who do sign up as members when they purchase some of our uh, core items like classic roll, mini bonds, et cetera. They can earn double rewards during that week uh, for the celebration. Okay, great. Uh, customer loyalty, very important for um, brands. Uh, you know, we'd love to get a perspective on how different brands kind of define customer loyalty, what it means to them from a qualitative perspective. So we'd love to have your definition of customer loyalty and what it means to Carvel and Cinnabon. Sure. So, so for, for our brands and really the whole portfolio and probably all the, all the companies that exist today, it is a top priority. It, it truly is. And, and, and many people can probably say that, and many, many people have been focusing on this for years, but it is a top priority. And, and we need to utilize that, that mindset in, in a way of where we, you know, we take the data that we actually gain and we make you know, brand-based decisions and or marketing tactics or promotions or whatever that may be based yeah. upon that data that is coming in. And, and without that data, a lot of times you're making decisions a little bit blind um, or you're going off of anecdotal information or maybe some guest feedback you get from a survey, but you know, we really have to understand what the actual um, you know, journey looks like uh, from behind the scenes. And that's what this starts to provide for us. And so for me, I look at it as a top priority, um, almost like it's the, the foundation that you have to lay in order to build from here. 
And so we're just going to keep building upon this and keep figuring out more and more ways to, to reach our guests from a digital standpoint. And as you know, having an app is typically that first starting point in order to interact with anything that comes in the future that none of us are even thinking about today. Um, and so we, I look at this as just the start of something bigger and better for the brands. Okay, great. When you look at uh, the evolution of customer loyalty, uh, you, you know, we talked about zero-party data, getting more uh, behavioral data, and being leveraged that in a way that's advantageous to both the brand and, and the client, uh, the brand and, and, and the, the customer. So when you look at the, the evolution of customer loyalty, it continues to evolve. You know, how do you look at the evolution of customer loyalty beyond just you know, transactions to get to more of a kind of experiential type engagements? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the transactions obviously was, was the typical go-to, uh, but, but truly we had to figure out a way to, again, you know, drive people in and, in a way that does not, you know, look the same as others, right? They're getting, you know, pinged by so many different people, um, but, you know, th this strategy, you just has to be focused on what the guests truly Having that data now, like I mentioned, it just changes the game of how you, how you interact. Um, and so, you know, that's, that to me is the starting point. Um, and and not, you know, not having that prior um, has left a lot of question marks. Um, and as I mentioned, if we would have uh, pivoted sooner through the pandemic, uh, that would have helped us get through quite a bit um, and learn a lot more uh, during that time. And so we just don't ever want to be in that position again. Uh, so definitely looking at it from, from through a different lens than we have in, in past years. Absolutely. It, we hear from a lot of brands, uh, we, you know, we have member only meetings, about 130 brands that are members of Loyalty 360. We meet with them quite often and talk about different topics. Uh, you know, technology is a, a huge opportunity, but it can be a big challenge. Yeah, making sure you have the right data points, your CDPs working with your automation engine, the customer loyalty platforms working, you know, is, is the, the, the kind of the expansion of different technologies come out, getting the integrate and work together can be a kind of a huge challenge. Do you guys see any challenges in regard to making sure the technology works that enables and allows you to do some of those personalization, uh, you know, offerings that you're putting forth? Fingers crossed, not yet. Um, but, but what I see in terms of opportunities and challenges in, in this whole arena um, and going back to, to your last question, though, you know, guests have been trained by so many other brands right now to interact through digital platforms, right? They're, they're getting trained, they're getting more exposed. Um, and so, you know, we have to we have to keep that in mind that the guest is, is becoming more educated, probably faster than some of some of the brands are. Um, but when, when it comes to, to the, the challenges, the challenge I see mainly is the cost, right? For brands to truly invest the right amount of funds to maintain and work through some of the issues you described is very difficult. And luckily we have the, the power of scale that we can leverage within our portfolio. So some of these, these, these apps, these digital capabilities are, are this overall benefits that we're going to be able to receive. We most likely would not have been able to afford and or maintain for several years to come without being able to leverage this portfolio. And so we are benefiting all from you know, the same efforts and the same resources and platforms and all the design work that's happening behind the scenes to help all of our brands be able to provide you know, a similar but obviously customized experience for that brand uh, from a behind the scenes and overall technology standpoint. So I, for us, I think that's a benefit, but I, I know what, it, what it's like for some brands who may not have that type of, of capability and it does become very costly. And so it, comes, it becomes a question of funds and investment and where that comes from. Uh, and how fast the ROI can be generated, and every brand is going to be different. Uh, but I, I look at that as a challenge looking at the industry in terms of many, many brands can launch something like this that's very exciting, but how do you maintain that? And how costly does that become? 
as the demand changes, as more learnings come out, um, and as other companies create, you know, better and faster ways to to accomplish these things, it's just something to think about. Um, and I know it it's, uh, starts to add up pretty quickly. Absolutely. When you look at personalization, you, you mentioned a number of times, kind of understanding uh, even people within the mall, if they're interested in kind of a quick caffeine uh, pick me up or kind of a different product or service. Uh, you know, how do you look at personalization with maybe some of the challenges you have or even the, the kind of a bigger opportunity around personalization? You know, one, you have to make sure it's relevant to the guests that you're speaking to. You know, I'll never forget that I used to get these personalized, you know, email offers from other companies for uh, kids eat free day. And I didn't have kids at the time. It wasn't relevant to me. Right. It, it, I just ignored that. And I, and I got sick of seeing the same messages from brands about kids eat free. And so, you know, now it's relevant to me and I happen to not see any of those offers, ironically enough. But, you know, how do you how do you speak to the guest um, in the way they want to be spoken to? Right. How do you want to interact with them to drive their attention? in? so it has to be personalized based upon their overall purchase history. Right. It has to be based on how vis- how often they visit the brand um, and whatever else you can learn and understand about that guest as they're going through the journey of your brand or other brands for that matter. Um, so for me, it's about actually being relevant when you are trying to personalize how you message to that consumer. Absolutely. Um, customers are changing. We hear that from a number of uh, people we speak to and, uh, on the brand side. Uh, you know, how do you feel customers may be changing with uh, Carvel and Cinnabon and maybe within the industry uh, in general? So I think it's, it's very similar across the board. But as I mentioned, they, they are used to um, this evolving world of digital capabilities. And in fact, the pandemic probably sped up overall adoption of probably three to five years for these consumers who, who used to not utilize third-party apps or maybe apps in general, who are now jumped on that because of safety reasons and pandemic, et cetera. And so it really sped up the industry. And if you, if you look at the airports, for example, I remember traveling a few times during the pandemic and a lot of the restaurants went to the um, you know, self-ordering kiosk model and that held up the line. There's a lot of people who were struggling with that and couldn't find a person to help them. And, and a lot of people were frustrated, but now it's become more of an industry norm. People have figured it out. They've, they've been trained. They've adapted. Um, and so I think, you know, the more we start to make, you know, um, I guess, initiatives and or steps together in an industry and more and more people start getting exposed, it just becomes more of a demand, more of an expectation. And yep. again, they may have not have liked it back then, but now they're used to it. Uh, so they have adapted. Uh, so I think that's, a, that's something to look ahead and just think, well, what all have the consumers learned throughout these times? And where as a brand do we all have to kind of expedite our own initiatives and behaviors to ensure that we can meet that demand. Absolutely. And I think uh, uh, it's a huge opportunity there. And, and there also seems to be kind of a challenge too with, with uh, restaurants, from, at least from a customer experience perspective, you know, staffing up. That We had a, uh, kind of a member only meeting about that recently, just talking about staffing and employee engagement. You know, how do you see that as impact on customer experience and, and how do you adapt to that? Because that seems to be kind of a, a bigger trend uh, kind of nationally as well, isn't it? It's everywhere. It is everywhere, no matter the industry. And of course, that is affecting things like supply chain uh, and the overall experience is being affected. And, you know, Heart goes out to all the operators out there, all the team members, all the franchisees, everybody out there every single day, just trying to keep the doors open uh, and, and serve the guests in the best way they possibly can, which is most likely not the ideal way that we'd all want to right now. And again, I think everyone has experienced this to some degree. And so it is a huge effect. And, and it is tough when, um, you know, you've built so much momentum, but when you can't find people to work the business, um, you are limited. 
and so in terms of, you know, satisfaction scores from guests or, you know, value perception. So take the example of going to probably any local business nearby, you might be used to getting a certain product a certain way or served in certain packaging and some corners may have been cut recently. And so now you're paying the same price, if not more, uh, but the overall perceived value of what you're getting is not the same. And so Nashville is going to create some friction and it's going to create some challenges between the guest and, and the overall brand. Um, and so we're all just striving to figure out how do we keep mitigating that the best we can or finding resolutions, even if they're not ideal. All right. And so with the, with that overall supply chain impact, I think that is leading to a lot of the challenges from an experience standpoint. Yes, the labor is a huge piece of that and, and the, the root cause. And it does suffer when it comes to um, you know, the overall interaction that you can have with your guests. But when you're not having the products they came for and you're not having the packaging and the overall you know, look and feel of the brand is not coming through that experience, that is going to hurt a little bit. And we're all going to have to spend some time recovering from this whenever this time passes, which I hope is very soon. But at some point when it does start to stabilize, every brand is going to have to start to repair, rebuild the relationship that may have been you know, slightly damaged with guests during this tough time. Absolutely. Um, when you look at uh, kind of the, the program itself, you know, what KPIs will you be looking to measure to understand uh, f- for the, the program that will uh, kind of indicate success of, of the program? First and foremost, it's all about active users. So how many active users are we actually generating every single month? And what is something that we can start to see as a trend uh, to really look at, you know, how to, how, what that percentage, you know, equates to when it comes to those who actually then, you know, make purchases or visit or become more involved in the brand. So first and foremost, how many active users are we generating every single month, every single year, et cetera. And since we just launched on the 20th, you know, we, we're, we're tracking that daily to see how it is, but we're going to keep pushing that, pushing that, pushing that to grow, to then know we have the right amount of audience to really make this, uh, you know, work very well for the brands. The second aspect is first party delivery and tying in your third party data to see how your conversion rates are. Are we converting some of our third party guests today who may not be as frequent, but are we able to convert them to first party or into our rewards program uh, to make them more of that frequent guest? And so those two areas are the top two for us right now as we get this app off the ground, uh, just to understand if we're heading in the right direction. And, and we are so far, which is great. Uh, but th- those are going to be the two, two biggest areas that are going to determine the long term future success of this program. Okay. And what do you think the next big thing for customer loyalty is for you and your team? You know, right now it's about getting off the ground. And so the, the next big thing for us is to truly, and we need some time to do this, but we need to really analyze that data that we receive and use that to make future decisions, uh, as I mentioned, or use that to, to build something even better uh, and make refinements. But I feel like we're at a stage where it's all about getting it launched and then building the database. And then from there, let that data tell us what that next big thing should be for our guests. Okay, great. And last question I have is, you know, what can Loyalty 360 do to help you and your team uh, on your customer loyalty journey? I think dialogue like this is great uh, in general. And I think being able to just connect and learn more about what you're hearing from other brands uh, and how, how we can all just, you know, really look at this, um, you know, overall benefit for guests and the industry as a whole of how loyalty and overall rewards programs work, just understanding and having that insight and that dialogue, I think is awesome. And just being there to obviously share stories and share thoughts with all your you know, all your membership and all your listeners out there so that they can make some changes or maybe, you know, pick up a few best practices or so along the way. So I just, I just love that we had this opportunity to do the interactions and be able to share these stories together. Absolutely. 
Uh, well, Kendall, uh, very interesting talking to you, uh, learning more about you personally, and also uh, you know, the two brands that you're uh, you know working with, doing some amazing work both at Cinnabon and Carvel. Uh, hearing the, some of the passion that you have for the program and, and the customers, and just being able to look at it from both sides, from a, a you know operator and kind of operator uh, perspective, I think is interesting. Franchisee, franchisor uh, is very unique, and I think that the commitment you've uh, kind of exposed or exposed. Uh, is, is unique as well. And you don't always hear that in a lot of the interviews that we have, the, kind of the, the passion that the, is so uh, present uh, with you know how you speak to the brand and the program is, is great to hear. That's awesome, Mark. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And definitely appreciate the time uh, for setting this up and having the conversation together. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening and join us back soon for another edition of Leaders in Customer Loyalty. Thank you again.